Chapter Eleven: The Old Lady's Bedroom. Nothing more happened worth telling for some time. The autumn came and went by. There were no more flowers in the garden. The wind blew strong and howled among the rocks. The rain fell and drenched the few yellow and red leaves that could not get off the bare branches. Again and again there would be a glorious morning, followed by a pouring afternoon. And sometimes, for a week together, there would be rain—nothing but rain—all day, and then the most lovely cloudless night, with the sky all out and full-blown stars, not one missing. But the princess could not see much of them, for she went to bed early. The winter drew on, and she found things growing dreary. When it was too stormy to go out, and she had got tired of her toys, Lootie would take her about the house, sometimes to the housekeeper's room, where the housekeeper, who was a good, kind old woman, made much of her. Sometimes to the servants' hall or the kitchen, where she was not princess merely, but absolute queen, and ran a great risk of being spoiled. Sometimes she would run off herself to the room where the men-at-arms whom the king had left sat, and they showed her their arms and accoutrements and did what they could to amuse her. Still, at times she found it very dreary, and often and often wished that her huge great-grandmother had not been a dream. One morning, the nurse left her with the housekeeper for a while. To amuse her, she turned out the contents of an old cabinet upon the table. The little princess found her treasures, queer ancient ornaments, and many things the use of which she could not imagine, far more interesting than her own toys, and sat playing with them for two hours or more. But at length, in handling a curious old-fashioned brooch, she ran the pin of it into her thumb, and gave a little scream with the sharpness of the pain. But would have thought little more of it had not the pain increased and her thumb began to swell. This alarmed the housekeeper greatly. The nurse was fetched, the doctor was sent for, her hand was poulticed, and long before her usual time she was put to bed. The pain still continued, and although she fell asleep and dreamed a good many dreams, there was pain always in every dream. At last it woke her up. The moon was shining brightly into the room. The poultice had fallen off her hand, and it was burning hot. She fancied, if she could hold it into the moonlight, that would cool it. So she got out of bed, without waking the nurse who lay at the other end of the room, and went to the window. When she looked out, she saw one of the men at arms walking in the garden, with the moonlight glancing off his armour. She was just going to tap on the window and call him, for she wanted to tell him all about it, when she bethought herself that that might wake Lootie, and she would put her into bed again. So she resolved to go to the window of another room and call him from there. It was so much nicer to have somebody to talk to than to lie awake in bed with the burning pain in her hand. She opened the door very gently, and went through the nursery. Which did not look into the garden, to go to the other window. But when she came to the foot of the old staircase, there was the moon shining down from some window high up, and making the worm-eaten oak look very strange and delicate and lovely. 
In a moment she was putting her little feet, one after the other, in the silvery path up the stair. Looking behind her as she went, to see the shadow they made in the middle of the silver. Some little girls would have been afraid to find themselves thus alone in the middle of the night. But Irene was a princess. As she slowly went up the stair, not quite sure that she was not dreaming, suddenly a great longing woke up in her heart to try once more whether she could not find the old lady with the silvery hair. If this is a dream, she said to herself, then I am the luckier to find her, if I am dreaming. So up and up she went, stair after stair, until she came to the many rooms, all just as she had seen them before. Through passage after passage she softly sped, comforting herself that if she should lose her way, it would not matter much, because when she woke she would find herself in her own bed, with Lutie not far off. But, as if she had known every step of the way, she walked straight to the door of the foot of the narrow stair that led to the tower.' 